This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. My name is Jack O'Brien, and today we have an action-packed episode for you. So we're going to dive straight in. We have a guest with us, the founder and owner of Clinic Apps. We have Hutan Mossini with us. Hutan, how are you this morning? Good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, mate. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. So for those who aren't familiar with uh, Hutan, his name is becoming somewhat famous or infamous in the, the allied health space at the moment um, for good reason. He's, he's stirring things up in a way that really helps improve client experiences. So Clinic Apps is the software, is the, the business that Hutan owns and runs, which helps clinic owners create a better client experience for their patients. Uh, but Hutan, today we want to delve a little bit more into your personal story, um, how you got to where you are here, what inspired you to start Clinic Apps, uh, all of those sorts of things. So firstly, mate, uh, the most important question, do you have any kids? Yes, I do. I have two kids. Uh, one of them is my daughter, four years old, and a son, two years old. I, I would call them little monsters rather than kids. <laughs> Uh, yes, four years old, four years old, and you're starting the business in the midst of having toddlers. Um, some people would say you're insane, but I would, I would join you. Actually, I have a, a time of this recording a three year old. So, look, the way I look at it, if we're going to be sleepless with kids, we might as well be sleepless with a business as well, right? Exactly. So, well, uh, I wouldn't make this decision again if someone told me, okay, after having like a six month old kid, do you want to start? Another business, I would say, probably not, but well, I did it, but it was really difficult. A lot of sleepless nights. I can imagine. I can imagine. And so, can you give us a little bit of your backstory? Um, what did you study and uh, what's been your experience prior to Clinic Mastery, uh, to Clinic Apps? Sorry, we're going to get confused yeah. with these names. Your, your experience and study prior to Clinic Apps. Yeah, so I I studied vet as my first part of adulthood. Uh, I started being a vet, and during doing doing the vet, I started print company back then. Um, so what I was a student, and I had that print company. It was a print company printing variable data into cards, like credit cards and lottery cards and phone cards okay. and those kind of things. So that's how, how the journey of starting your own company started during that time. Well, I, I did another one. Uh, I, I sold that company when I was 25. I started that when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of things happened that I had to immigrate out of, out of Iran. And I came over here to Australia, did MBA uh, at Melbourne Business School, uh, specifically on data analytics marketing. And after that, I joined Ernst Young for three years. I was there as a, as a strategy consultant, specialized in supply chain and data analytics. And then started a very large, very, very large company-ish, I don't know how to say that, a part of Monash University who wanted to go into kids' education. And we delivered a very large uh, platform with more than 100 applications for, for kids there. 
but during the time that I was in Ernst and Young, it was a little bit. Um, so Ernst and Young was not consuming all of my time. I didn't have kids back then. So <laughs> as a hobby, <laughs> I was doing mobile apps for veterinarians. Okay. Uh, because I I could understand that industry very well, and I was in touch with those vets a lot and what they need and all all those kind of things. And one of the things that they used to tell me was that we need to we need to have something to do our recalls, to talk with our uh, patients, and all those kind of things. And I, I didn't have time, and and sure. I was in Ernst and Young. And after that, I I went to Monash University with that project. So didn't happen until just like two years ago, a year and a half ago that that project with Monash University finished. So I, I made a decision to, to build up on, on that. Then I went back and did some market research and I realized uh, actually vet industry is not very good industry to go into. (laughs) They are very good, but the issue was that the practice management software there was very fragmented. So if you wanted to capture all the industry, we needed to to integrate with more than 15 practice management software. And basically impossible to do that in a short time. Mm. Then we did a lot of different industries, dentists and uh, then we figured out clinical is a very uh, good thing because they have a very, very good software. They had very good APIs. I had a chat with Joel, CEO of clinical, and everything sounded very nice for that. And then that was the reason that we started this in, in Allied Health. Right, and here we are today. Right, yeah. well, that's, that's a fascinating story. And uh, I've got a, a bunch of different questions that we can go down the rabbit hole here. I think people want to know about uh, about the story of Clinic Apps and about you personally. I, I find it interesting that you studied veterinarian and yet had a printing business at the age of 19, 20. What was that yeah. like, starting a business back in Iran? Um, yeah. Was it always something that you wanted to do, be a business owner? Not really. It was not the intention at all. So, so I, I needed uh, I needed to make my well. I come from like a middle class family. My my dad was an engineer, and, mm-hmm. and it was not that we. Uh, it was desperate need of money. It was that personal pride that I I can make my own money. Right, and it was it was not that uh, I, I could not go somewhere and ask people to recruit me as a vet student to to go and and work somewhere. The trigger point there was that, well, okay, that, that, uh, I started, uh, we are talking a long time ago. (laughs) You don't need to give away any ages. You don't need to incriminate yourself. (laughs) 1998 or 2000 or something, something like that. And, uh, like having email back then was, was really cool so uh, and and yahoo was was providing free emails then right. uh, so i first thing was that i i created a, an ad in newspaper that we will give you emails for five dollars mm-hmm. and many people started calling me asking for having an email and and i was just creating a free one in, in, in <laughs> yahoo for them and just giving them and charging them somewhere around five dollars sure and it all started from there. Then I went to, so that, that introduced me to internet service providers. And uh, when I started working with internet service providers, I felt that they are, uh, so back then, 
they were writing contracts with their clients. And in Iran, people could not... So first thing, there was a lot of friction there. So if you wanted to get uh, get contract, you had to go and do that. And then also, so, so accessibility was lower. And also many people didn't have money to like buy a monthly contract. And I had read an article about Coca-Cola that when they put Coca-Cola into a bottle and sent it to all the retail, suddenly the company started. So I told them, let's put internet on back of a car and, sure. and send it to retail. So they could sell like two hours of internet, five hours of internet. And I'm talking about the day that it was dial up and that <laughs> was coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they started doing that and I, I started printing those. And because it had, it needed a lot of technology to do that plastic printing and dynamic printing and all those kind of things. So I did some stuff inside my, my house first to, to do that. And then mm-hmm. gradually I started buying some machineries and stuff. So when I sold that company, we had more than 75% of the market share of the region. And I had wow. massive print. Yeah, it was, we were printing millions and millions of cards, wow. but it started like that. It started like just a, just an idea. Just an idea and an opportunity. And I think a lot of health business owners would probably resonate with that. Um, they, they've got a skill, but they've found a market where there's a, a need or an opportunity to service people and to help provide a solution to people and uh, and off you go. That's uh, yeah. that's remarkable. And it seems like it's just in your DNA from a 19, 20-year-old <laughs> starting, uh, starting businesses and selling millions of, of cards. It's crazy. <laughs> if we fast forward then, you end up in yeah. Australia doing your MBA and at Ernst & Young. If you were to yes. summarize your time at Ernst & Young, uh, what were the top two things that you learned uh, or, or have shaped you now after Ernst & Young? Oh, Ernst & Young was fantastic. Uh, so one of the most important things was that I, that gave me the opportunity to go and see so many businesses here in Australia. So I probably went to every building in Melbourne and Perth and some in Sydney. <laughs> like because we were getting uh consultancy projects here and there and we were just going into different these different buildings and seeing for example how bh williton is doing its management and what are the issues over there how's telstra working how's craft working how's rio tinto working how's government Uh, i did works with different governmental agencies it was it was that that part of it just giving me that exposure to see all these different things with a background of MBA to know all of that theoretically and then going there and seeing like okay this this is a theory but this is how sure. uh, it is actually being done mm-hmm. and what are the issues over there and uh, that was that was fantastic thing uh, that that part of it. So you got exposure uh, across all different ex- industries, all sizes. Yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. And that, that was really cool. And and another thing was that, well, inside EY, there, there are many smart people and right. a lot of politics and stuff were happening over there from finding a client until how how you're managing internally. Uh, so that was, that was also a, a very interesting part. And of course, uh, from... Since I was a little kid, I was uh, I loved math and analytics and, and sure. all that. Uh, and I used to code when I was very 
very little. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, in, a, in there, I have the opportunity to play with a lot of data, sure. uh, creating different things with data and, f- and finding solutions with data. So that was also fantastic. Okay, so you get this exposure to big business data coupled with um, a hobby in coding and what then progressed into apps, mobile apps on the side. So you kind of got mobile apps, this uh, interest in data and maths. And so yes. I guess the, the clinic apps is really the, um, the evolution of that birth, isn't it, really? Exactly, exactly. Okay. You can clearly see that. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and so as you do your research, you find that the health industry and specifically um, the clinic over, which is now uh, expanded to include Nucle and CorePlus and soon yes. to be others, uh, you're able to serve the users of those allied health tools using data and client communications and experiences. How would you sum up clinic apps in a sentence? Clinic automation? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's really what, where I wanted to go to. Yep. It, not, not only data and all that, not only patient communications, but also internal communication. So that's, that's where, where I see it happening to basically free uh, professionals to do what they are best at and don't mm-hmm. worry about all the admin uh, yeah. tasks that, that need to happen over there. Mm, I love that. And I think uh, I'm an avid user of clinic apps. Uh, I think I was one of the first users. I'm going to claim that I was the first user. Maybe I wasn't quite. But uh, I know that exactly what you said is what it does. It automates patient communication and it provides dashboarding data so that, uh, one, I don't need to worry about a lot of those admin things. And two, it gives me um, useful information to be able to make business decisions with off the back of. It's, uh, it's fantastic. And, and just quickly, if you were to touch on the evolution of Clinic Apps since it was fir- its first inception, maybe 18 months ago to now, yeah. how has that roller coaster been for you personally? Oh, it was such a roller coaster. So I, I started perfecting the mobile app to go to the market with it. It got to a stage that I felt, okay, it is, it is good enough as, as you are probably familiar with the term MVP, the minimum viable product. product yes. uh, so I, I tried to use the mobile app as a minimum viable product to go into the market. So I created that and it was all based on the assumption that I had maybe three, four years ago before that. Uh, that mobile app would be cool. But the reality was that back then, the mobile app was a sexy thing to have and phones mm-hmm. were just just out of the... So uh, iPhone was sexy. But like two years ago, it was no longer sexy. It was just something that everyone had. So it was not a very good entry to market. Right. So I, I talked with, uh, with some friends. I have some dentist friends and they were telling me that the yeah, mobile app is cool, but it's not really something that is going to change. So I, I worked more on, okay, what, what are the other things that can be automated? And I, and I started talking with many admin staff of different industries. And that was the, the point that I realized, oh, actually the, the first thing that came to mind was recalls are sure the thing that needs to be automated, that people are really having trouble with recalls. And then I started creating that. And then I realized that I don't know enough about in, in this industry. Sure. And the product that I need to create needs to be flexible enough so that if something I haven't foreseen can be done with it. 
So I started creating a product that is flexible enough to do different things with it. And then created that as a minimum viable product, tested it with these dentists, and, and, and I realized that they're doing different things with it that I couldn't foresee sure. until it shaped the very first part. And then that made the core of Clinic Apps. And then you and some, some other very, very helpful friends that I cannot thank you enough for doing that started using it as as real in your cl- uh, clinic which was which was really really helpful and then based on that feedback it just got evolved and, and mm. we are constantly working to make it better but this is the product part but personal part it was very tough mm. so I got to you said talk about personal things sorry it will go very personal sure so uh, I was running out of money and it, and this is what's costing me a lot of money to build. I can and, imagine. Uh, it was, so I, I, I was thinking it, w- it would be launched three months before it was launched. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was really struggling to get more money and find some more money. And I was doing some projects on the side just to, just to fund the money. Right. And like, it, I was thinking maybe two weeks from now, this will go live that suddenly my dad passed away. Oh, no. <laughs> and I had to travel and it was emotionally so difficult for me. And I had a, like, a, like back then, like a nine, 10 month old baby, one <laughs> something old baby. And emotionally, I was going through such a crazy thing. And yeah, it was it was really, really difficult. And just to do this, so I had to leave my wife and family there and just come back here. I was alone and it was winter and it was difficult. <laughs> and I had to just work just, just, to, sure. just to make this happen because I had bet my life on it to, mm-hmm. to go. Uh, and, and become successful and I couldn't really waste more time sure. there so I came back and I uh, like two, yeah, two weeks later we launched this and since launch again it, was, it hasn't been easy <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was uh, yeah we had a lot of issues in the product we, we couldn't foresee many different things like when Clinical announced that, that we exist uh, there was a time that every minute we were getting three to four signups. Wow. And <laughs> That's out of control. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was good. It was thrilling, but, but the amount of data that was pouring into our system was, we, we couldn't foresee that happening. So sure. that started creating some CPU utilization issues and storage issues and, and dealing with all of that while we are live and with hot data. Mm-hmm. It was it was really difficult, and we had we, there was a Saturday morning that I woke up and I saw in my Slack, in Facebook, in my email, people are saying, "Oh, something is going wrong. My patients are getting this." I was just shocked. I didn't really know what to do. It was right. it was one of the worst moments of my entire life. Oh, I, I and imagine. I felt Clinic Apps is gone. 
it was really good that we hadn't sent some our securities and checks and balances was was there that we are not sending any, anyone anything wrong, mm-hmm. uh, or we are not sending a message that this patient should get to send someone else. That would have been a real disaster. This was just a lot of same message went to same patient. Of course, person. and I, I don't know what to say. It was really difficult, but I'm imagine. so happy that. People understood it. Like the number of people who canceled their account based on that were less than ten. Yeah. People just just felt uh, okay. It's a it's a it's, it's an honest mistake. honest mistake. And honest if I recall correctly, it was probably something that you couldn't have foreseen, and mostly out of your control anyway. So that's I think the, out of those couple of stories, the things that really stand out to me is, one, when your back's against the wall and cash is running out and you've got to get to market or you've got deadlines to meet, which a lot of the listeners will have been in a similar position, that's what really tests your commitment to what you're doing, right? It's, it's right. This is the critical moment. Am I in or am I out? And, and you've proven that. And I think the other lesson that I think is really important, way back at the start, where you said it's it's a dynamic product. You're, you're learning. You, you, you're not a health professional yourself, but you're willing to incorporate your experiences into a product that is constantly evolving, that is constantly listening to its users and quickly implementing the requests and, and demands of users. And I think exactly. your, your sowing of that approach and that attitude has meant that when problems occur, because the truth is they do occur, we can't control problems when they come, you've built a client base of clinic owners that are happy to help you, happy to serve you, happy to acknowledge and move on from any mishaps because of the, um, the transparency that you've been able to build. And I think that's a real key for listeners is that if you can be honest and transparent with your clients and flexible and create a service that meets their needs when something goes wrong or when something happens, you'll have a you'll have clientele that care enough about you to be your advocates in those situations. And essentially, I think that's what you've built is a is a, a database now of clients that are real advocates for your product. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. And and good people. That's that's what I can say. Like good people. Like, well, you can never be your client. Like in any situation. Like even a. A healthcare professional cannot be someone who has back pain and neck pain and knee pain and all that. Like uh, you are always apart from your client. Right. Uh, having a genuine understanding of their needs and putting yourself in their shoes and understanding, okay, because this is the ultimate goal. You are helping someone else to achieve mm. their goals, and because yeah. of that, you will achieve your goals. And with that, with that thinking, you will be able to always not only just theoretically do that, like seriously, genuinely feel that <laughs> and genuinely yeah. do that, uh, then I think that that would happen. And I'm so grateful for, for all, all of those beautiful people who have helped me along this journey. Mate, I love it. And I think you are such a values-driven guy and your whole organization is really based out of those principles and values that I can certainly pick it up in your voice and it's why we love working with you as, uh, as my clinic does, Clinic Mastery. We love partnering with you and um, <laughs> in some ways, and I'm sure some listeners would agree that you're becoming somewhat of a cult hero in our industry because of the values that you live out. We, we love it. Um, we love who you are and, and what you've built with Clinic Apps and the way that it's being able to transform 
the allied health industry. Now, that's some fascinating stories. And listeners, in future episodes, we're going to be digging into analytics and data and how email works and the different ways you can keep in touch with your clients. We might get into the meat of uh, clinic apps in another episode. Who are you up for that? Yeah, sure thing. Sure. Great. All right, well, listeners, that wraps up this particular episode. Make sure you check out the future episodes with Hutan from Clinic Apps. Uh, you can catch all the show notes at clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast and find the episode with Hutan. Uh, and if you'd like to take your clinic to the next level, you can check out our free Grow My Clinic course that's over on our website as well you'll find it on the podcast page thank you for listening in we really do appreciate your honest reviews and ratings on itunes stitcher or wherever else you listen to this podcast and we look forward to coming to you with another episode really soon this is the grow my clinic podcast by clinic mastery where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic 